Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. I just can't tell y'all how excited I am to have this guest on today. This woman has become a fast and furious many lifetimes friend of mine. Uh, we have been scheduled for this for quite a while. I wake up every day and goes, today the day, and guess what? Today is the day. Welcome to Shaquana Johnson. Shaquana, I'm so happy to have you on the show. I know we postponed this a couple times. I've been like, when the time is right, this podcast will happen, and the time is right today. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm equally as excited to be here. You are such a rock star on LinkedIn and I know in real life, but for sure on social. And we got introduced by an equally amazing woman, Lisa Lang, and I'm so happy she hooked us up and she is an, another amazing podcast guest. And I consider y'all two of my best gal pals, and I'm so happy to have you here. I can't wait to introduce you to my audience. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. I am an attorney by trade um, in the technology and healthcare field. I am a Howard University alum, and I am very, very proud. I've always been proud, but even more proud now. Good word. I, um, <laughs> yes, so excited, right? You should be. Well, first of all, excited. Howard I'm in my Howard is... shirt right now. I'm there in my Howard <laughs> Yes, all week, maybe all like for the next four years, probably. You know, hang on, let's just say, I don't know if there's anybody out there, but if you've been living under a rock and you don't know what she's talking about, well, first of all, you should be very proud. Howard's an amazing university. But if you don't know what she's talking about, she's talking about Kamala Harris is also <laughs> an alum from that amazing university. So you have a sister in very high places, my friend. Yes, very, very proud of that. I am also actively involved in my church. I am a part of our Healthy Lifestyles Ministry. I um, really love agriculture, healthy eating. Um, we launched our first farmer's market back in November, and it was a great success. Wait, um, what is that? Tell me again. Yeah, so um, we launched a farmer's market through my church. And nice. Yeah, so I was the co-manager of our farmer's market. It's a new thing we were doing and we successfully launched it in November. It was a great success. We had a bunch of regenerative farmers there um, just to teach the community about the importance of clean, healthy, local eating. So it was really, really a success. I love that you did that. So that is, so I have to tell you, so my idea of, without getting into too much stuff, I'm very spiritual. I'm not very religious. There's a difference between religiosity and spirituality, but you are that, that, that way of practicing ministry is very applicable and useful and helps others. And that is how I see Jesus Christ actually um, useful and, and, you know, how he helped others. I mean, this kind of work that you're doing, it's not, it's not the 
not to slam my church. My church is the Catholic church and I'm don't, don't write to me people. Cause I'm, you know, <laughs> but I'm just saying all that dogma, I just didn't find it very helpful. And I'm still a Catholic. I'm just not a very good one, but I think what you're doing is hands-on meaningful ministry. And I, I think that's what Jesus would do. So that's pretty cool. If you ask me. Um, Thank you. Thank you so much. I also recently won my first hackathon, which was an MIT hacking racism hackathon. It was actually the first hackathon I'd ever participated with, participated in rather, and walked away a winner. So I was really, really excited about that. Um, I'm also an angel investor. No, no, we're not moving on. We're not going to skip over that. No. Oh my God. I have to hang on. I have to turn. Wait, I got to pick my jaw up off the ground. Hang on one second. Oh my God. Did y'all hear what she said? You need to slow down and tell me what that means. If you're talking MIT as in Cambridge, Massachusetts, MIT, and I know where that school is and I know what that means. You need to tell me what was this hackathon and uh, this is amazing you're incredible tell me how you won what was your your solution or your idea or tell me more absolutely so our solution was an app that we developed to address minority maternal morbidity and our app would track data of pregnant women via a social platform. So for instance, we may have like a foot challenge. And if we noticed that a woman's foot was swollen, we being AI, then it would push that data to the woman's physician and say, hey, she may be in the category for high risk. You may wanna take a look at this. And it looked at other things as well, like a woman's blood pressure, so it'll look at a multitude wow. of factors during the pregnancy to determine if the woman may be considered high risk to try to reduce the morbidity rate amongst women of color in particular because they have the highest morbidity rate. Right. That is genius. Oh, my God. This is incredible. You're so amazing. So all of my guests are pretty darn amazing. I have to say you're in the, you know, top 10. Oh, <laughs> thank you, Susan. This is incredible. So the, like, wow. Like, so I want to, we're going to write, we're going to write this blogcast is going to be incredible about you. I'm going to make sure everyone hears about you, reads about you, sees the pictures. You are amazing. I, I didn't realize, now I knew you won this, but I didn't realize the detail of your solution. Um, that saves lives. That's Yes, incredible. absolutely. And that's near and dear to me. My son was born at 25 weeks premature. Wow. So I'm like really invested in just maternal care in general, in general. You're amazing. I have tears in my eyes. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. I can't even, I know there's more to you. We need to move forward, but I'm just still just sitting in the moment going, this woman, this woman, I wish you were my daughter. <laughs> You're incredible. Yeah, That's we incredible. can be professional mom and daughter, Susan. There I you really go. love you and appreciate you. <laughs> I know you have actually, um, you, you've shared some pretty wise words with me over our relationship, and I, I value that. I, I look forward to our continuing our, our um, I was going to say mentor-mentee, but I think that's, you know, I think we're pretty on par. Maybe we can swap seats sometimes. So <laughs> why don't you tell me more? Because I know there's more to you, which is unbelievable, but tell me more. 
Absolutely. So I'm also a mother to an amazing 10-year-old son. He was born at 25 weeks, and he is now the most amazing, smart, kind, healthy 10-year-old that you'll ever meet. Um, fun age. Yes, it's a very, very fun age, a very fun age. Um, I am also in the process of some entrepreneurial things, but I'm not going to go too deep into those on this podcast just yet, but look out, they will be on the way. Well, you did say angel investor. I knew you were an angel. So tell me more about the investor part as much as you can without going into too much. Yeah, absolutely. So I invest through a syndicate. Um, There's a young lady named Ashley Flukas who runs Flukas Ventures and she runs the syndicate. And so I just angel invest in companies that the syndicate offers as options to invest. How do I know that name? Like recently, I can uh, probably on my social media, on LinkedIn. Yes, she and I connected just recently. I would love to get to know her better. She seems pretty remarkable. Yes, you, she is. Absolutely. I'm happy to make that connection. You bet. Without self-promoting, I will say you surround yourself with some pretty um, sassy, saucy, spicy women. Fear. I try. Okay. <laughs> Well, we're lucky to know you too. Well, is she one of these amazing people that you consider um, a mentor or an inspiration? Why don't, why don't you tell us about that? And then I want to know your proudest professional accomplishment. But first, let's talk about who inspired you because you're really blowing me away with all these accomplishments. You'd think you were 80, but you're not. You're young and you've done so much. Oh, thank you so much. So more recently, I've started to develop what I consider a tribe. And in that tribe are women who are beneficial and helpful in my personal life and also in my professional life. Some of those women in my personal life are a couple of my sorority sisters, um, as well as one of my best friends who's an attorney as well. And in my professional life, it's obviously been you, Lisa, and Ashley. And it's been really good because I look at things from like a whole person approach and I try to find a tribe who is able to help me not only professionally, but personally as well. And traditionally, I'm an introvert. I know that's the answer to one of the questions at the bottom, and I jumped ahead a bit. (laughs) But I've tried to be better about stepping out and allowing other people in and building a tribe, if you will. You know what? You just said something that I think is really interesting. Um, you mentioned professional self, personal self, and then whole self. I I don't think we can separate those two. You know, I think we shouldn't have to is I guess where exactly. I'm going with this. I think it's time for the world to learn to love me for who I am. I cannot be one woman nine to five and then go home and exhale and then try to reconnect with my real self, um, you know, from the for the rest of the day. This, this world needs to accept me. I mean, I am open, honest, and direct. You are as well. You're very open, honest, and direct. I appreciate the fact that you're an introvert. And oddly, even though um, people would put money on the fact that I'm an extrovert, I do renew through writing in a journal, you know, sketching in an art book, um, being alone with some good, you know, Simon and Garfunkel. 
Uh, so I don't know. I might be what they call an ambivert. Um, when I'm on, I'm on. I can work the crowd. I can get on stage. I'm not afraid. I'm not. Sh there's nothing shy. But you know, introverts are not always shy. That's not always the same. That's not right. Exactly. Thing, actually, they're just selective. Um, but yeah, I, I I love that you mentioned that about being your whole self. Like, um, good point there. Good point there. Well, tell me a little bit about your proudest professional accomplishment, even though you've got a long way to go. You've done a whole bunch more than most people do in their lifetimes. Thank you so much. My proudest professional accomplishment to date is actually um, my current role. And the reason I say that is because it's very hard for African-American women to break into the tech industry, especially oh, yeah. in a legal role. So that was on my list of things to do. And I'm very proud to have accomplished that and also to have been the first African-American legal counsel, not just female, but African-American in general legal counsel at my company. Wow. Wow. You're like, you know, crashing glass all over the place. I mean, it's crazy. So women in tech, that's like almost an oxymoron. It's so hard for them. And now black women in tech, that's just unheard of. So exactly. then black women in tech in legal, what? That's a myth, like Loch Ness Monster, right? So just yes. doesn't exist. Um, you are amazing. Um, how hard was that to land? I will be honest, it wasn't the easiest, but I'm a very faithful person. And I believe that my faith and my obedience to God allowed the doors to open for me. And they did. I believe that. I believe that. I've seen you. You've got some powerful energy, woman. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It comes through. It comes through even on this podcast. It comes through. So, um, you know, I how I feel about women in business. And I just don't have time for or patience for or I won't tolerate mean girls. Now I'll reach out with a warm hug and ask you who hurt you and how can I help you? But if you don't want to go down that road and you're going to be a mean girl, you just, I'll walk away. Um, but those folks, as an exception, I have found a lot of women want to help other women and lift other women. And that's who I surround myself with. How do you advise us to help one another? What do you think we can do? I think one of the biggest things that women can do is to know that there is space for everyone at the table. You can stay in your lane and applaud other people at the same time. I think a lot of times women traditionally have been jealous of other women. We don't uplift other women and we're fine so long as someone else isn't doing what's perceived to be better than us when there's really no such thing as better. We all have different lanes that we need to operate in. I think women could do a much better job of truly, genuinely supporting each other and being happy to do that and wanting the best for an individual, regardless of if that best seemingly looks like they're ahead of you. I think we could do a better job of just supporting each other. We don't do a great job of that. That is why I opened this question with my comment about putting those mean girls aside, because I'm going to tell you something, those mean girls are living a delusion, the delusion that you can even compare or compete yourself with me. I mean, because 
I can only compete with myself. I can't compete with you. I'm made of different DNA. I have a different life story. I have a different history. I've been through different experiences. You know, I wake up with a different, you know, heartbeat, heart rate. You know, I've had different nutrients in my body. I mean, I'm in a different mindset. You cannot compare yourself to someone else. You must only compare yourself to who you were yesterday and compete with that person. Um, so okay. this whole competing with other women, it's always going to be uh, a fruitless effort. And so I'm with you, like shine the light on other women. Even if you're telling a similar story, why can't it be told in every language, right? Why can't, if it's a good story and the world needs to hear it, then it should be told in every language and every, in every way, right? By many, many, many voices. Correct. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. I could not agree more. Now, when I was your age, I, I didn't have the chutzpah to say, you know, <laughs> what I can't say on this podcast, but I'm 54 now and, and I just don't have the, I, I won't tolerate mean girls. I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> talk absolutely. To yeah, I walk I, away. I, I, yeah. Yeah. There are too many women who are appreciative, kind, loving, open to help, helping others, uh, lifting one another and shining a light on each other, amplifying voices. Um, right. And being a mean girl or just not supporting someone else, that's really a reflection of maybe some internal work that's that right. needs to be done with the person. And until people do the internal work, they're not ready to be a part of a community or support other people because they haven't given themselves the support that they require. That is the most powerful point of all. I mean, I can't help you if you can't help yourself or if you're not willing to love yourself enough first, how can exactly. I love you, right? So exactly, exactly. Well, I love that you are uh, spiritually mature, you're intellectually mature, you are uh, emotionally um, and mentally mature and you love yourself enough to shine and, and give permission to others to shine as well. And I am so glad that you are in my tribe and I in yours. Let me ask you, this is a tough question. Um, and I know you've had these. I have too, and you know it. Um, what is a challenge or setback that you experienced? And if you're willing to share with us, uh, tell us more about it. And how did you overcome it? Absolutely. So there have been a few. <laughs> yeah, I that's probably yeah. why you're so amazing now. Thank you. So one challenge that I um, faced or setback, if you will, was initially not getting into law school once I graduated college. When I graduated college, I didn't really understand like the value or importance of studying for and taking the LSAT because I came from a family of non-college graduates in terms of my parents. So I didn't really understand like the process and like what it all meant. It didn't really resonate with me. So how I overcame that was to remember that the goal is to become an attorney. The goal is to go to law school. So even though you didn't get in now, like do not stop. So I applied again the following year, ended up getting in. And during law school, I had my son at 25 weeks early, well, 25 weeks gestation, rather not 25 right. weeks early, 25 <laughs> weeks gestation. And I had to withdraw from law school. 
and it set me back a year and I remember when I came back to law school my professors were prepping me they were like well due to the metrics and data we received don't expect to pass the bar on your first go round because the data suggests that if you don't graduate with your class on time like for whatever that reason is if you don't graduate with your original class people traditionally have not passed the bar and so I was like, hmm, okay, I hear that, but I'm not going to receive that. I am going to pass the bra on the first time. And I did. Ew. So <laughs> yeah, those are like two things. And the third thing was going through a divorce, which was very, very hard and very traumatic. And really my faith, spirituality, and my tribe of friends helped to get me through that. That was probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. And literally nothing more than my faith got me through that one. There was no like magic answer or thing that I did to help get me through that. So that's what I'll say about that. And then once I, let's back up a bit a little. When I graduated from law school, I struggled to find a job, a legal job. Um, I graduated from North Carolina Central University and it's a lower tiered law school again when I applied to law school I didn't really understand like the importance of tiers and how that impacted the sort of job you possibly get how much money you make I just didn't understand those things I was navigating this path for the first time yeah Yeah, I didn't have like anyone to call on and like get advice like it was me navigating and treading these waters for the first time without fully understanding what it all meant and again I just kept my eye on the goal and um was very faithful a lot of prayer a lot of crying a lot of figuring things out like what works and what doesn't work and eventually you know things turned around and I was able to get employment and an in-house counsel position but it just wasn't an easy process so I would say generally speaking if I could summarize it all it's just to not give up like a lot of times we give up before we see the finished product or the end of the story and just not giving up. If I had given up on any of the areas I just listed, my story would be much different. Yeah. You know, I look at you now, even so folks, this is an audio only podcast. So she has a picture up on the zoom and I look at that picture and I see this sure and empowered and strong woman and I I just hear your voice when you tell this story and I see just in my mind's eye how you've grown from that place to where you are now and wow what a journey and you know you're the type of woman that exemplifies the win or learn never lose right so You bet. You're amazing. I'm so honored to know you. Jeez. And, you know, here you are taking these life's lessons, not just learning from them for yourself, but sharing them with others so that others can benefit from them and, you know, learn how to navigate those waters or at least, you know, put yourself out there so you're there for them to ask, right? You're making yourself available to others to ask questions or seek advice, et cetera. Um, well, you're amazing. We heard that in the first 10 seconds of this podcast. You opened strong. I was like, Thank oh my you. God, she's an, incre- an incredible woman, incredible woman. So 
Tell us a surprising fact about you. Now, I already know what it is, but there are people listening who either know you and didn't know this about you or don't know you at all. And having heard our conversation, probably won't believe it, but tell us something surprising about you. And then I'm going to do something unique and different that I didn't tell you about. And it's called the wild card question, but okay. I'm going to go get a wild card question out of a box of questions and you're not prepared for it. And I don't even know what it is, but for now, I want you to tell us a surprising fact about yourself. Surprising fact about me is that I am an introvert. I enjoy my time alone. It's how I reset. It's how I spend time in prayer. It's how I spend time manifesting and it's essential for me to reset. And that's- You think that's been a survivor um, mechanism for you? I mean, obviously it's your fuel, but has it made, helped you survive? I think it has helped me survive because I think I'm true to myself I think a lot of times people aren't always true to themselves so maybe they'll do things that they aren't the most comfortable doing versus me I know what I require and I know I require a certain amount of alone time so I don't always pick up the phone just because someone wants to talk to me if that's my alone time and I'm taking that time to myself I'm gonna take my alone time Good for you. Good for you. A lot of people feel like um, I have to cut myself, my alone time off the calendar, you know, put myself last. Yeah, no, I really enjoy alone time. A lot of people say it's a Pisces thing, but I truly, truly enjoy my alone time. That's nice. Do people honor that and give you the space? They've learned to because I create boundaries. So they don't really have a choice. (laughs) Good for you. Good for you. Um, That's something I had to learn to do is learn to create boundaries and say no, no, not right now. No, but maybe later or no, but here by by this deadline. I used to, you know, be that person who, you know, was like, okay, you know, I I, I was not a people pleaser, but I was super friendly and and I learned, you know, I'm depleting my own resources now at this point. Absolutely. Absolutely. So all right well are you game shaquana for the wild question let's do it all right i have this box and it's 100 uh of 144 questions i don't know what question will come out of the box but i'm going to pull a question here it is what would you do if you ruled the world for one day okay is this a one day change or is this a permanent change oh I guess you have the power to decide that okay if I rule the world for one day I would permanently remove all sickness I would permanently give people peace joy and happiness I would permanently remove chaos in the world and I would permanently 
allow everyone to have financial abundance, which would mean removing the homeless population. Yeah. You know what's so great about you? I mean, there are a ton of things, but not one of those answers was just self-centered, was just individualistic, was just about what you would do for you. I mean, it was all about what you would do for others or the world or the populace or the greater ohana as we call it in Hawaii. Um, that's amazing. That is so kind. Oh, thank you. I mean, I benefit too, but yeah. Well, yeah, but you what could fun be is it if we can all you know, I would make myself rich for the rest of my life, or I'd make myself this, that you didn't, you said I would do something wonderful for the world. Um, that's really great. I know I sound like, uh, what was his name? The guy, Bob Barker, who did the Miss USA pageant. Here's your question. <laughs> um, that's so funny. But you know, that tells a lot about you. Um, as a lawyer, you probably never studied some of the stuff that I have studied. But in my social, in my communication theories and my social sciences and such, we studied a social scientist named Geert Hofstede. And he has done years and years and years and generations worth of work in what is called cultural dimensions. Mm. And um, he talks a lot about and his findings on um, cultural dimensions about Western and Eastern behaviors, thoughts, attitudes, behaviors. And the Western world is very individualistic as we see in this country. And the Eastern world is very collectivist. Mm -hmm. And you know that's why you see a lot of community, family, respect for elders, family members who are not of just you know, the immediate family living together or next door or in a, you know, across the street. Um, and that you are very collectivist. You're very thoughtful of others. You feel connected to people who are not um, just immediately in your bloodline or in your, you know, immediate family. So that's such a beautiful thing. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> well, listen, if people want to reach you or learn more about you or get to know you or um, experience some of the magic of you, how can they reach you? I am on LinkedIn and on LinkedIn, Shaquana Johnson, S-H-A-Q-U-A-N-A. -A -N -A. And I doubt many more will pop up, but I am the Shaquana Johnson that works at Unite Us as corporate counsel. I am also on Instagram as Shaquana underscore A underscore Johnson. Very nice. And your name is spelled exactly as it sounds. It's not exactly. difficult. Yep. So um, you're awesome. And yes, you are on LinkedIn. I see you everywhere on LinkedIn, you and Lisa. <laughs> I need to up my uh, LinkedIn game. So um, I will chat with you soon. I know we have a monthly call. We need to get back on, get that revved up again in 2021. This is going to be a much better year. It has it to is. be. It, it just is. has to be. It is. All right. Well, thank you for being here. And thank I, hope, you. I hope you have a great day. Thank I'm you so glad, much. I'm so glad I started my day with you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everybody.